Eric Timerick is the president of the Houston Great Books Council and a participant in Toronto Pursuits, an annual gathering of some 150 book lovers who love to travel and get together to discuss <coughs> great books. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Happy to be here, Nigel. Perhaps we could talk about the technique that's used in your organization in Houston and also here at this gathering this summer in in Toronto. How do you go about discussing and analyzing a book? So maybe just a few thoughts about uh, what's called the shared inquiry method that is really publicized out of the Great Books Foundation in Chicago. If we pay first attention to just the name, two words, the shared and the inquiry, inquiry the notion that it really is inquiry. It's not about taking positions. It's not about necessarily reaching conclusions, although this may happen. It's about inquiring uh, most directly into, given an author, a significant author in a significant work, what is that author really saying? And then secondarily, of course, we can apply that to ourselves in various ways. But the first issue is really what is that author saying? And that inquiry takes, takes place in the shape of a discussion and we might also contrast discussion with percussion. And the idea is that a thought is offered, another thought is offered, another thought is offered to try to get it to where each builds upon the other, encourage the dynamic where each builds upon the other, uh, rather than each just countering the other. In other words, inquiry as opposed to advocacy. And then the notion of shared in the sense that the only expert in the room is the author. The facilitator normally would just run the process. Is everyone speaking when they want enough people getting in or people getting to express their opinions or the questions being focused? Sometimes the facilitator may have particular expertise and then may bring that in along the way as, a, uh, as an adjunct to or as context. Uh, but the real key is to keep the discussion focused on what is this author saying? The text. The text. In the text, when claims are made by any participant or I think this or I feel that, the key thing to urge, to reinforce is, can you support that from the text? Is it your idea, which would be fine, or is it something that's strongly supported by the text, which t- takes it back to what this, uh, what is this author really saying? So I think we, we get quite far in what it's about uh, by just thinking about the meaning of the two words in the name, shared and inquiry. Now, when you say uh, shared, that suggests that there is no right or wrong answer. And that would generally be true. I mean, apart from, let's say, the more obvious uh, fact-based things like, did we read the sentence correctly when there was a statement or data? Apart from things like that, these significant significant authors, of course, are usually dealing with issues where there's no obvious true or or false, issues where it depends how you interpret it, it depends how you apply it, uh, issues that go to the fundamental character of the human spirit, and, and how we deal with our motivations and our actions. For each one of us, it's a, it is a different book. Exactly. It, it, it connects with our own experiences. So when we share our thoughts about a particular book, in, in many ways we're sharing ourselves. Exactly. We are actually exposing ourselves, even, you could say, as we react to a book. Much of the joy of a shared inquiry discussion occurs when you have a personal aha, a personal discovery based upon someone else's realization, someone else's insights into a work, 
Or sometimes even just as others are speaking, you're looking at a passage you hadn't really focused on quite before, but in the context of this discussion, you say, oh, that's what he's really talking about or she's really talking about. And that's how it connects to this and that and that. Why do you think it's important to stick to the text? Well, it just really works better in terms, I would say, of ending up with a focus that you can get something from. It's important to start with where is this author really coming from and trying to get to where the group as a whole has some degree of coherence around the view of what the author is saying, although it may mean very different things when applied to their own personal lives, of course. The problem, if you don't really stick to the text, is that the discussion goes, I'll say, off the rails. Well-meaning people will sometimes take it far too far into personal situations, and then it starts to lose focus. Not that those aren't sometimes relevant, not that those aren't sometimes very useful, mm-hmm. but it's a matter of balance. Well, it's also, it can get boring and irritating to listen to someone going on and on and on about something that, that you don't see in the text. And so it's really a, a facilitator challenge to develop the art. There is no science, but the art of how do you graciously structure a session so that people are naturally inclined to keep investigating the text. They're naturally inclined to support their comments with textual references, and they're somewhat disinclined to go too far into the, the personal realm. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like this, would, this is a really good model for every book club discussion group. Yeah, I, well, I would think so, based upon having been involved with quite a number of them. They just tend to go better. They tend to be more focused. The participants tend to get more out of it when there is a center that is retained, a focus that is retained around what an author is really saying. Toward the latter part of a discussion, I have found it is sometimes useful to, let's say, relax that a bit mm-hmm. and give people an opportunity to share a little bit about what it means personally to them. Mm-hmm. And that can be very useful. If we start with something like that, however, then you never really, normally it's very difficult to get to where there is a common understanding of what's this all about before the application. So one way to think about it is as a two-parter. What's the author really saying, part one? How does that apply to me, part two? Mm-hmm. And then keeping the balance between those, keeping the emphasis on the first by focusing on the text, and then allowing or even to some extent encouraging, especially to the latter part of the discussion, uh, some sharing that goes beyond. Yeah, I mean, you also want to get through the text. You want to, you want to get through the extent of what the author is has given us. That is an excellent point. And sometimes I have seen where if things go too askew, it's doing a disservice to those who really did pay attention to the whole text that's assigned. Mm-hmm. And you never even can get to the parts that some people may have done some really nice thinking about and don't get a sense, get a chance to, to share it. Uh, related to that, something we found in some book groups is it, it can become quickly obvious that to try to get through an entire text in a planned session is utterly impossible without diminishing the importance of the text. And so there, with some groups and some types of reading in particular, uh, we found it useful to say, okay, uh, looks like to do this justice and to do you as readers of this justice, instead of covering this whole 400 pages that we were going to cover, we're an hour into it now. Can we agree? Let's just plan to get a half of it this time and give that the right attention and just 
do the next half the next time. So having some flexibility helps structure things dynamically uh, to be really effective. What can someone do to get this system working for their group? One thing that helps a lot, I think, is to read through the things that are written about shared inquiry in the handbooks that are available from the Great Books Foundation. Another thing that's very useful is to attend some sessions from the Great Books Foundation or from a very experienced leader. And in some areas uh, back home in Houston, we do have discussion workshops several times a year that we invite anyone who wants to to come to. It's really a two-parter. You have a discussion based upon a specific reading, and you conduct it in a shared inquiry manner. And then you have the meta-discussion. Let's discuss the discussion. What went well? What didn't go well? What might the leader have done differently? And people start to gradually learn about that. You mm -hmm. can do that in general with general readings. And then as groups get more and more capable, we found it useful to say, hey, now we're going to do that with a focus on poetry. How do you read and discuss poetry, which is kind of different. How do you read and discuss, to the best effect, philosophy? How is nonfiction different from fiction and how you might approach a group, guide the discussion of a group? Finally, what have you gotten out of this? Well, for me, it's a series of discoveries about which questions tend to reach most deeply into our understanding of ourselves and of human nature and how it has functioned and how it's continuing to function and how it doesn't function sometimes in historical terms, in philosophical terms, artistic terms. All of these dimensions come through, in part, literature of various kinds. And that learning helps me get perhaps not to the answers, but perhaps to the better questions. Can you give me a specific example of the best or the most <laughs> profound lesson or meaning that you've been able to arrive at using this technique? And, and if you could name specific books, that would be great, too. Let me mention uh, one in particular that carries over to a number of other areas and other literary references. There's a book by Martha Nussbaum called The Fragility of Goodness. And many of us grow up in certain traditions where there's certain things that are right, certain things that are wrong, certain rules, things that you do, things that you don't do. And then we find later in life that, well, let's rethink that a bit and let's see, do we stick to that exactly? Are there things that don't quite hold the way that we came up with? How do we deal with how true is this? It is, is it as true as was as it was thought to be, do I hold to it as I was hoping to hold to it? And in the book, The Fragility of Goodness, uh, Nussbaum points out through marvelous examples how one person's good is not another person's good. And in many cases, it's, it is absolutely unresolvable and we must simply accept the fact that these are different goods that are not reconcilable. And then we make a choice. We can see aspects of this in many books raising ambiguities, such as Dostoevsky's The Idiot, where the, the ambiguities are not resolved. And, and the notion of what is really good remains something that we must choose. It's not pre-proclaimed yeah. as to what the answer is. Any other works of fiction that uh, have particularly affected you? Two other works, shorter works of fiction. A traditional one that many have read, which continues to mean a lot to me, is The Great Gatsby where you have this person who is trying to be something that this person is not and trying to rise above the earth, in a sense, to become what I like to think of as more Apollonian and, and less Dionysian. And yet the Dionysian, at the end of the day, will always rule, for we will be returning to that earth. In relation to that, I'd also recommend Nietzsche's Birth of Tragedy, where he raises this Apollonian versus Dionysian duality or dialectic 
in such a way that it really makes you think about how we think about universals versus particulars, how we deal with dualities like mind-body, like intellect versus emotion, and which one rules and when and how, and how far can we go in at least shaping the questions around that duality and then deciding how we want to behave as individuals in light of that. So self-knowledge. Self-knowledge and choices, and how do you shape your choices, and then upon what do you base the way you make the choices. Great. Well, thanks for having chosen to speak with me. Pleasure, Roger. Just delighted to share a few thoughts. I've been speaking with Eric Timrick, who is the president of the Houston Great Books Council and a participant in Toronto Pursuits, an annual gathering of book-loving travelers. Thanks again. Pleasure.